0: Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. I will- friends. Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer. Now, I have to give you a little glimpse of my life right now. So it is a Saturday morning. It is 6 a.m. I am tired because we were up late last night watching a movie with the bigger girls. Why am I up recording this intro for my wonderful guest that I can't wait to share with you in a minute? Because honestly, it is one of the only quiet times that I have in my life. Um, I'm a mom and I still have seven kids at home and they are so noisy. It is so funny because even I'll go try to go into my closet um, and I'll tell everyone I'm recording, I'm recording, and I'll think I have told everyone. But within like three minutes, there'll be a knock on our mom. Can I have a snack? Mom, can I go pray, play with the person next door? And so here I am. Friends, this is how much I just love uh, walking out. I love the podcast. I love connecting with all of you. It also means I'm going to have a nap later. Like it's already scheduled into my Saturday. And to tie into this, today we are talking about an important topic, which is rest. Sacred rest, actually. Now, to tell you the truth, this is a touchy subject for me. Why? Because as a working homeschooling mom, With 10 people in our house, so we have the seven kids, me, John, and my 88-year-old grandma, rest is hard to come by. When people talk about taking time to rest, like, you should take time to rest. You really need to rest. I think to myself, okay, I'll rest when you come over and watch all my kids for me and keep them quiet so I can record my (laughs) podcast in the closet. Yet even though I feel as if rest is hard to come by, I still long for it. And that's why I received when I received a copy of Sacred Rest in the mail um, by Doctor Sandra Dalton Smith, which I'll be introducing her in the in a minute. I knew I needed to talk to her, and even though it seemed impossible, I had a glimmer of hope that maybe she can provide some type of help for me. Now, was it possible that I could thrive with energy, happiness, creativity, happy relationships? even in the midst of a busy family life with lots of demands from my family, my kids, my husband, my career, and there's just the general busyness of life. I didn't know, but I knew I needed to talk to Dr. Sandra. Now, what I love about this interview is even though I have a busy life, Sandra gave me things I can do to renew myself, ways that I could really refresh myself more than just taking a nap, although, like I said, I'm still taking that nap today. Now, we will be talking about the seven areas of our lives where we need sacred rest. Sandra mentions all of these areas, but I want to briefly go over them with you before um, I introduce her because we are talking, as we're talking, I kind of lead her on all types of rabbit trails. Um, She'll start talking about something like, oh, what about this? And so it kind of is a little bit scattered in the interview. Well, I think we had a fun time talking, but it might be a little bit scattered. So here are the seven areas. First, the obvious one is physical rest. That's the chance to use the body in restorative ways and restore. How do you say that word? Restorative? I don't know. Restore. To restore your body. Um, To decrease muscle tension, reduce headaches, and promote higher quality sleep. Second is mental rest. The ability to quiet the cerebral chatter and focus on things that matter. Um restorative yeah it's restorative (laughs) next is spiritual the capacity to experience god in all things and recline in the knowledge of the holy Um, emotional rest the freedom to authentically express feelings and eliminate people pleasing behaviors social the wisdom to recognize relationships which revive from ones that exhaust and how to limit exposure to toxic people i'm sure though you don't have any toxic people in your life maybe it's just me um then sensory rest the opportunity to downgrade to the endless onslaught of sensory input received from electronics and fragrances background noise let's just say our cell phones are probably in there too um, creative rest the experience to allow beauty to inspire us with awe and to liberate us with wonder um dr sandra will also talk about the rest quiz so be listening for that and as always all the links to everything i mentioned will be in the show notes overall i learned so much in this interview about rest and i'm excited to share it with you now here's dr sandra dalton smith Well, I am so excited about today's guest. And I know we've been online friends for a while. This is the first time I've had a chance to chat with her in person, which is always exciting. And um, I'm excited to have Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith here. So, Sandra, would you just
1: start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm an internal medicine physician. I've been in practice for almost 20 years right outside of the Birmingham, Alabama area. I have two boys, uh, 12 and 13 married for 17 years and just really enjoy helping women enjoy their best life. Mm, I love that so much. And you
0: sent me your book in the mail, um, which I I got it probably a couple months ago. Um, It's sacred rest, recover your life, renew your energy and restore your sanity. And immediately I thought, okay, I need to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm a mom of 10. We have seven um, still at home and then writing. And I travel and speak a few times a year. I try not to do too much, but you know, even though I try to cut out so much in my life where kids don't do extracurricular activities, I homeschool them, but we're not like on the go a lot. I'm still just I feel in need of rest. So I know that you probably saw a lot of women like me in your practice. So tell me what was the motivation behind this book?
1: I wish I could say it was looking at others, but actually ended up being my own journey into rest it started off when I um, my kids were both toddlers, and they were at that age where they were both in diapers, and I was still trying to have a full-time internal medicine practice, and you know, which in the area I live in, we don't use hospitalists, so that meant that if someone came in in the middle of the night, I was responsible for seeing them. It's a small town, so we're talking 60 plus hours a week, and so trying to be mommy and wife and and the doctor all at the same time, it really just started pulling me down and just draining me to the point where I no longer was happy, you know, during this career that I had spent you know, most of my life training for. And God really just met me during that time. He um, kind of brought me to the end of myself where I had to start reevaluating, can I continue to live like this and have any joy, any peace, any happiness? And I couldn't. And so I started kind of reevaluating what needs to happen for me to get back to that place where I enjoyed life. And I found myself on my back in my foyer, which is how I open up the book, uh, just laid out uh, exhausted with my kids propped in front of the TV. And that's where God met me on that floor.
0: Yeah, I I love reading that. um, Your husband like came in and was like, "Uh, (laughs) what's going on?
1: (laughs) I'm sure he thought I had lost my mind, but but it was the most it was the most rest and peace I'd had in like months lying on that floor
0: Yeah. And you talk about in the, um, in the opening chapter, you talk about too, like, this is something that we do to ourselves, you know, we're trying to have good things in our life. And often all these things are good. I mean, your practice was good. Of course, your marriage and children are good. They're all good things. But why do we feel like we always have to be doing more and more?
1: It's cultural to some degree, We, we have this cultural mentality, that activity is good and inactivity is bad. But all like inactivity is not created the same. You know, we've kind of lumped rest over into this mindset that it's that is pointless. That if you're not producing, then you're not being a benefit. You know, and what we have to get back to the understanding of is that no matter what type of natural resources or gifts you have, if you keep using them and you never replete them, they will eventually run out. And that's the same with our talents, with our creativity, with our ability to love. All empathy, sympathy, all of those things are are, are, have a capacity, and they have to have a time of restoration. And that's really, to me, is what the core of rest is about. It's about restoring what we pour out.
0: Okay, so I want to go back to that laid out person on the floor.
1: Um, What were some of the first steps you took to finding rest? Well, the first step was just being honest with myself because, like you said, you know, you get in this. I'd say I created the storm that I was in, you know, that level of burnout and fatigue, I couldn't blame my husband or my kids or my job. I mean, I had created it. I had wanted those things. I'd gone after them. You know, I I had very little personal boundaries. If somebody asked me to do something, I would say yes. Um, I had some people-pleasing tendencies. So all of those things kind of compounded. And so I had to start kind of peeling away those layers. And that's really where the seven types of rest came from. When I started to peel them away, I started seeing, okay, well, you know, going to sleep isn't solving this. You know, I was, I, before that I was getting five hours, which wasn't enough. Then I started getting eight and I was still exhausted. And I know a lot of my patients come the same way and they say, well, I've tried getting more sleep, but I'm still tired all the time. And that's when I really started looking at it with myself when I felt that, Okay, it's got to be something more than just physical rest because I'm getting physical, I'm getting sleep and I'm, you know, relaxing. So I'm getting physical rest. Why am I so tired? Yeah, and I think that that surprised me when I read that um, you say sleep is not rest.
0: And because I always think if I could just get a nap, then then everything will be better. Or if I'm able to go to bed a little bit earlier. um, But then you said that wasn't it. So talk about what you discovered after that.
1: Well, you're exactly right. Um, That's one of the big things that I discovered. Sleep is not rest. You know, sleep is really purely a biological function. Your body has to go to sleep you literally will die if you never sleep. Your body will go into a state of deprivation that would end up being toxic. You can go your entire life and never rest because rest is kind of like those books we set on the shelf. We we treat it as if something we can come back to whenever we have time, but you know, there's never time unless you make it for rest. You'll just keep adding more activity. So once I kind of realized that there were different types of rest, I started kind of peeling away what, okay, what am I feeling? What is, what is the key thing right now that's causing me not to feel at ease? Some days it was my mind. I go to bed and my head would be going through all this stuff, conversations with patients that I wish I'd said something different, you know, and I'm replaying this conversation over and over in my head and can't go to sleep because of it. Or one day it would be, you know, I'm emotionally just kind of labile, I'm kind of on edge, easily to cry or to, to flare up at my kids. Uh, You know, another day it might be I didn't want to even be touched. You know, I'm married, so there's a level of body communication that's expected between husbands and wives. And when you become kind of sensory sensory overloaded in your life, even physical touch um, doesn't seem comfortable. It seems like an assault on you, just another oppressive thing that you're having to deal with. And so I started looking at, okay, how do I undo all of that. And I didn't hit it all at the same time. Obviously, it was kind of a piece by piece uh, evaluating and then figuring out how to attack it.
0: So where did you start with figuring that out?
1: For me, I started with the mental part because a a lot of it had to do with just um, mental stress. My to-do list, I go to bed with my to-do list. I I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'd be literally running through my to-do list while I'm sleeping. And so I would wake up multiple times a night with, oh, don't forget this, or you got to make sure you do this, (laughs) and I found that um, a practice called mind dumping, where you basically just, you know, nothing fancy, no leather-bound journals, you know, nothing like that, just a piece of scrap paper kept at the bedside to be able to jot down whatever it is that you have that's ruminating through your mind to kind of get it out of your mind and onto another um, surface, kind of something concrete. So that when you lay down, you don't have that sensation, like you have to hold tight to that thought. You can release it and let it go. And that's, that really was the first thing that started helping me get deeper sleep because that's, that's really kind of the, the connection between sleep and rest. You don't have to rest to get sleep, but if you learn how to help your body rest in the seven different areas, your sleep is so much deeper. You start getting that stage three and four deep non-REM sleep that we our body needs for healing and you start feeling better because your sleep quality improves so much. I love that so much and
0: I love the mind dumping thing and I worked with a life coach um probably a year and a half ago. And, you know, I always said my mind is just going constantly. That's what she encouraged me to do is she uh, we didn't call really call it mind dump me, but she just said, you know, make a list and get everything down. And I have a little app on my phone. And if it's something that I need to do, I might set it as a to do for three days from now. (laughs) You know, I mean, just I just know that it'll pop up again. And I don't need to think of it. And I think that is so many times we try to keep everything in our mind. And we don't have time to even let our mind relax.
1: That's so true. And I find for creatives, You know, they have the same issue. Um, You know, when you actually get into deep um, sleep, those stages three and four, as you enter into REM, that's when a lot of us have those kind of innovative thoughts and new ideas, fresh ideas, and your creative self kind of wakens more. That's when a lot of creatives tend to wake up, and they wake up with like, oh, I got this awesome idea. Then they can't go back to sleep. So I recommend the same thing for them. Take the awesome idea. Dictate it on your phone, write it down, whatever you got to do, then shut it down and go right back to sleep because you'll actually fluff out the idea as you go back into that deeper sleep without it interrupting your ability to rest.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I told my friend, I'm like, every day I wake up with a new b- book idea, <laughs> something I want to write, <laughs> because it is when that waking up, you know, just your mind is able to, I don't know, just think clearly, or when you're going to sleep, you have all these ideas there. Yeah, just just write it down. And if it if it still seems like a good idea, you know, a month from now, maybe there's something. <laughs> but <laughs> So we've talked about the mental rest um, and you said there's seven different areas. Do you want to just go quickly through those um, and then we can maybe dig deeper into a couple of them?
1: Sure. Um, So we talked about mental, which is mainly just that ability to quiet kind of the cerebral background noise, the chatter that's always in our mind. Physical is probably the easiest one, Um, but it's not sleep. I'm more kind of thinking towards the muscle tension, releasing muscle tension, um, calming the body down and allowing the circulation and the respirations to improve blood flow in a healing way, rather than like an exercise type way. Cause when I say physical rest, you know, most people automatically think sleep, but actually when I say physical rest, I'm thinking more like prayer walks, stretches, um, th- you know, um, those type of things. If people are into yoga, uh, you know, Christian yoga, uh, or whatever the name of holy yoga, is that what they call it now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but those kind of things where you're restoring circulation to your body and you're allowing your, um, your, your kind of natural response to healing to be able to occur. And then the other one is uh, spiritual rest. Spiritual rest, most people have some understanding just from the title, but it really has more to do with relationship than religion. And I think that's probably the thing that, that really helps to differentiate just from, from any kind of spiritual practices it's that, that little bit of extra uh, of intimacy that happens. There's a rest and in intimacy with God and not feeling kind of like he's constantly judging you. Um, so that's the spiritual part. Uh, emotional rest is about just being able to be authentic. Uh, most of us, our day-to-day lives have us play roles. If you're in a, you know, a professional setting or you're a speaker or you, know, you go somewhere and you're presenting, there's, there's an expectation of what people expect to see. And so whether you're attempting to be inauthentic or not, automatically there is a performance element that takes on within you. And that is a stressor. It's, a, it's an automatic uh, work performance stressor. And it happens in everybody from teachers to you know, performers, you name it. If you're in front of other people and they're looking at you, there's a level of performance, CEOs, bosses. And what happens is some of us take that same performance mentality back home with us. So we never kind of have that level of just true authenticity that allows us to relax in our own skin. And that's important to have those people in your life that you can just be you. You know, you may not be able to be, I'll use myself for example. My normal personality is very goofy. You know, I have a very silly type personality. So I crack jokes and I do these things. But that's not appropriate in the ICU when I'm telling someone their family member's dying. You know, so there's a level of professionalism and kind of a almost a mask, you know, to, so to speak, that has to be on for me to do that job and to do it effectively and to keep my emotions under check. I can't burst into tears, you know, even if it's someone that I love as a patient. So there's a level of professionalism that, go, that kind of puts a level of performance on you. And so we have to have those times when we can just be real get rid of the people pleasing behaviors, and just be completely authentic. And there's a level of emotional rest that happens in that
0: I told you we're going to go through all of them quickly. But I want to pause on this because I'm like, this is mind blowing to me I have I'm reading through your book, but I haven't got to this chapter yet. And I think so much. You know, I think even, you know, you talk about professionals that feel like they have to perform, but even sitting at the ballpark with the other moms on the bench, it's like, how do I compare to other moms or even. um, That's so true. Yeah, what I was thinking about, too, is I remember I was a very messy child, like my room was always a mess, there was always piles of stuff everywhere. And I remember. Um, my mom would say, I hate to see your house when you're grown up. And I would almost have this vow, like, when I'm an adult, I'm gonna have a clean house. And just the daily stressor of trying to keep a house clean with that many people. It was this mental thing that I was trying to perform. But my mom lives, you know, 1500 miles away. <laughs> like it's no more, you know, and even when she visits, I'm like, Oh, my goodness, maybe she, in fact, she's in town right now, um, visiting me, but it's this emotional thing that I would just get so worked up on a daily basis, that, um, that there was almost this battle that was always going on in my mind. And So I think that's so interesting, that level of performance that you're talking about.
1: It's interesting, because it, it happens, I was using kind of professionals, but honestly, it happens with teens. When I go and I speak to with parent groups, and, you know, we're talking about teen suicide and how to kind of de-stress family households and lives. Most of them are blown away when I get to this level because when I'm talking with them, I'm like, is your teen having to be a people pleaser and are you reinforcing that behavior? Because we, we sometimes will kind of um, put on our teens what we wish for ourselves and there's a level of stress that happens with that that causes them to then have a lot of emotional distress. So that, they, you know, they can't find emotional rest because they don't feel like they can just be authentic and say what they truly feel. And so that's, you know, I get really distressed when I hear parents say, you know, I, in their, I'm in the ICU and their child has tried to commit suicide. And they say, I had no idea that they, you know, they even thought this. And I'm talking to the, to the 17 or 18 year old and they're like, they never listened to me. They don't want to hear what I have to say. But they feel all of this pressure to perform, to get the A's, to, to be the jock, to be the cheerleader, to, you know, to get into the great college. And and you can imagine, these are they, they don't have the life skills yet to know how to maneuver all of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We were even watching, uh, my girls put on the toddlers and tiaras. I don't know if you've seen that show. We were watching an episode, and there's these little three and four-year-olds um, that are perform- doing these beauty pageants, and they have to do a little, like act and dance and they have to have their hair done and they they were giving their little girl spray tans and i'm like oh, wait. oh my goodness they're three and four <laughs> years old but i think we do we we almost see um, these children as our little, I don't know, our, our reflections of ourselves. So we need <laughs> to make them me's. perfect. Our mini <laughs> me's. We need to make them perfect because obviously it's too much work to get ourselves in that condition or whatever. <laughs> but um, I do see that so much. We just want our kids to be the best at everything.
1: And it's, I mean, we, uh, as a parent, obviously you want your child to have to, to be able to excel in every area of their life. But we have to kind of differentiate between excelling and perfection. Excelling is different for every person. Perfection is what a lot of parents tend to put onto their kids. And that's not realistic for any of us. Okay, I'm making a note right now. Excelling is different for every person.
0: <laughs> I love that. I'm like totally going to make a sign or something. Because, um, you know, we've we've adopted seven kids and some of them are special needs. Um, and, you know, just knowing like if some you know, if my fifth grader finally gets her time tables. It, that's excelling
1: like cause, exactly, you know, exactly. So I, l- I love that that's exactly true and I have um, sometimes a, pa- a patient will come in and they'll they know I get excited about these things but they may have a special needs child that has learned something which seems so basic like tying a shoe and we will literally have a party in the office because that's a huge deal that is something they couldn't do before and so they're meeting milestones and each milestone should be celebrated. We can't keep comparing because, I mean, that's why so many of us women, you know, deal with so much baggage. We've grown up thinking that comparing is how we know if we've reached our goal, where excelling is a personal thing. It's a, it can be ongoing and continual from glory to glory. You're excelling in different areas.
0: Mm, I love that so much. Okay. I guess we could move on, although I could probably spend the next 15 minutes continuing this, but I want you to be able to touch on these other, uh, is there three more areas?
1: Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. The next one, social rest. And that one is when we uh, we have the wisdom to really recognize when relationships are reviving us or when they're exhausting us and to try to limit that exposure to toxic people. Now, that gets tricky. I understand when the toxic person is like a family member that you have to, to deal with or a boss, but what has to happen, if you do have to deal with that person, you have to understand that you have to have a time when you are being restored. So if I have a boss that, that every time I'm around, I leave feeling depressed and depleted, I know that I, at some time during that day, I need to be around someone who makes me feel good about me. I need to have a relationship with someone who I can, uh, uh, one of those relationships that revives me and restores me. And I think so often, particularly with, um, I found that homeschooling and stay-at-home moms do uh, have a a huge social rest deficit. Uh, And unfortunately, social media makes it tricky because the social rest deficit is best revived in person, face-to-face. Now, when I say that, I don't mean like your bodies are beside each other. It can be like through Skype or there's some other fancy computer stuff they have. uh, What's it called? Uh, Face uh, FaceTime and and all of those. Zoom.
0: Zoom is another one. Yes.
1: Those things where you can actually see someone's expressions. You can see their mannerisms, how you know how they're using their body. All of that plays into that social rest because you can tell when someone empathizes with you. You can tell when they're concerned by their facial expressions or how, uh, I had a friend who recently lost her husband. Literally, we got on the Skype and we cried together. <laughs> like, I either, there wasn't any prayers because we were all just devastated by the level of pain she was going through. Um, and there's there was so much healing just in that. We were, we were hundreds of thousands of miles away. She's, you know, she's in uh, Canada, so there was no way I could get to her but I could be with her. And so I think it's important to understand that just kind of sending a tweet or a, you know, a post and or a text, those are nice. But they're not some they don't sometimes restore what we need, we actually need um, their interaction with other people.
0: Before we go on, I think that's so good. um, Because I know a lot of my listeners are either homeschooling or stay at home moms, you know, with with kids all day. And we do feel like we're so depleted, like, uh, we don't we don't get that time, and that's the one thing that goes. You know, the time coffee with friends. Um, but I love that even just the encouragement to FaceTime. We could FaceTime, yes,
1: and that can that can do it. Put your, your kids can be doing whatever you have them set to do. You turn on the FaceTime, Zoom, whatever you technology you're using. Get your cup of coffee and set up a fifteen minute Skype or whatever date with a girlfriend just to share, just to kind of let each other know what's going on in your lives. You can pray together, however you wanna kind of mix it up. Bible studies, when people say I can't go to a Bible study, because I'm shut in. That's what I recommend. Find a person you can do something face to face with. And like I said, it's not face to face in our, you know, body to body. But it's so that you can see their mannerisms. And you can see what's going on. You can have that kind of connection.
0: I love that. I'm totally going to do that. So that's going to be I'm going to be adding that this week. I love that. Um, Okay, then you mentioned sensory rest.
1: Yeah. Sensory rest is about just the endless sensory input. You know, all of our five senses are constantly under attack. And so it's important to kind of evaluate what is being attacked for you personally. Um, For instance, I have a patient who works at uh, like a fragrance counter. So her, her, you know, nasal passages are constantly being attacked and her eyes from the bright um, lights that are in the, the store. Um, versus someone who may work at a cubicle where there's like 15 employees and they're all kind of, you have that hum of the background noise from being in a cubicle or another. Um, I recently did an interview with a DJ who was, you know, is hearing music all day long, depending on what your sensory overload is. You have to counteract that with time of deprivation. So if you're around constant noise, then periods of silence will help restore that. If you're someone who uses your computer a lot or you're, um, staring at bright lights or screens, then just taking a break from that throughout the day. Let's say, for instance, if you're writing a book and you're staring at the computer for like two hours, maybe um, I like something called flow break cycles, where you say for 90 minutes or two hours or whatever I'm gonna work, and then I'm gonna take a little 10 minute break to look somewhere other than my computer screen. I'm going to purposely not um, kind of allow my distant vision to take over, because that relaxes a whole different set of eye muscles. So that when you go back to the screen, those muscles haven't just been continuously strained.
0: That is so good. I remember going to the eye doctor once and I had been, it was like right before deadline and so I'd probably been on the computer like six hours and I go into the eye doctor for my annual checkup. He's like, what? have you been doing because <laughs> he says my eyes were just like vibrating from all the he's like, you cannot stare at a computer screen for that long. And he goes, I know you have a book
1: do but you have to, you have to take breaks and get up and, you know, look at something else. Yeah, flow break cycles are fantastic. And, you know, most of us are, are married to our cell phones. So if you're going to have it by your side 24 seven, at least make it work for you. You know, you can set a flow break cycle on your phone where, you know, every two hours it chimes, uh, hopefully a pleasant chime so that it reminds you to take a five minute break, you know, go stand up, stretch your muscles, relax your neck, look away, get some water, you know, just so that you don't kind of put yourself in deprivation mode, just to kind of push through whatever activity you have going on.
0: I love that. Okay. And the last one is creative rest. So tell us about creative rest.
1: Uh, Creative rest is the experience of allowing just the beauty, all beauty to um, inspire awe and to liberate wonder inside of us. You know, there's lots of studies that have been out that say that people, when they're in nature, that they automatically feel more rested and connected. And what they found is, is that creative beauty does something inside of us. It actually changes the chemistry of our mind. There's been studies where it talks about, and I talk about it in the book, about MRIs, where they're looking at kind of how your brain processes green and blues versus other colors. And you know, grass and the ocean and all of these things have those types of colors in them. And what I find is for people who have, um, who lose their love of life and they no longer have that joy of life, that when they input creative rest, that's when they start getting that back. When they start allowing beauty to be a part of their day to day experience. Because so often, you know, if you look at the news and everything, you can see all the ugly all around you. But the beauty sometimes is hard to find because it's subtle a lot of times. Just the other day, we had a cardinal that came kind of around our house. And, you know, that's not a bird that we see often in our area. We see lots of black and brown birds, but you don't typically see this beautiful red bird. And it it was just amazing to just watch the beauty uh, of that bird, um and just to th- find peace and to kind of reconnect to God and to just his creative nature by looking at what he has done now and creative rest is not just natural beauty; some people experience this with beautiful music if you 've ever been at a concert where this beautiful music seems to revive you or a beautiful piece of art, if that's something that you're into. So there's various types of creative rest that you can um, experience, and it really just depends on your own preference.
0: I love that. You know, just last week, my husband and I um, went on a cruise for our anniversary. So we got the we got a lot of this rest in all these different levels in there. (laughs) Um, But one of those things is we went snorkeling and over a reef um, off of Nassau. And just looking at the just the fish and the various colors and the coral, I was just like, just it was so relaxing in, in that creative rest sort of way, which I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. You know, we were just on an excursion. But just um, I just found myself just praising God just seeing just all the beauty there.
1: You know I love all the songs that talk about how awesome God is, but you know the whole thing about God being awesome is that He inspires awe inside of us. So I always say if someone's saying that they, they don't ha- they no longer experience awe and wonder in their life, they're not experiencing the full awesomeness of God because that's really who He is. And so we have to get back to that as part of just our day to day existence. Mm, I love that so much, you know, and so listeners right now might be saying, okay, I
0: just saw a piece of myself in every single one of these areas. Um, and I know you have a tool, an assessment tool in the book. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and maybe should tell them how they can focus on maybe just one or two things um, to begin with?
1: Yeah, and in the book, after each chapter on the different types of rest, there's a little assessment so that you can kind of quickly, as you're reading that chapter, determine if that's something that's affecting you. And then at the very end of the book, there's kind of a bigger assessment. And personally, I like electronic things. (laughs) I like to be able to quickly put numbers in and then somebody spit out the answers to me. So I created for my patients something called called a rest quiz. It's at restquiz.com. And so there, you can go in for free and just do a full assessment, and it'll actually score you, so to speak, on the seven types of rest. So you'll be able to see, you know, I have a deficit here, I'm doing great here, and be able to determine which type of rest to attack. Because even if you are deficient in all seven types, you don't want to try to attack all of that. That's stressful all by itself. (laughs) You want to really pick the one that's having the greatest effect negatively on your life. And so... Most of the time, what I have you do is look at which one has the um, lowest score, and then whichever one that has the lowest, uh, the highest score, actually, whichever one has the highest score on that test, what you'll do is you'll pick that one to begin with, and then you'll start applying those things. So if it's mental rest, you may have to start doing some mind dumping, you may have to be to start doing some um, associations. I like to have people, if they're having trouble. Uh, focusing on the positive i talk about how you know the mind automatically wants to go to the negative to start doing positive affirmations or positive scriptures that speak life back into you so that you don't continually go toward the negative which is what your mind will want to do you know if it comes back that you're needing social rest then find a friend that you two agree that maybe once or twice a week you're going to do a 15 minute skype and you know who cares if the kids are you know Uh, screaming in the background you two understand each other so there's no no fear of judgment so there's a bit of emotional rest that comes there too because you can just be real you don't feel like you have to perform for that person in any way Um, if it's creative you know if you're in an office where you constantly are feeling like you don't have any joy anymore what piece of art or music can you play in the background or what can you add in a creative element that would help you reconnect to that part of yourself
0: yeah, and that's what I love about what you did too in the book is you not only explain the rest, but then you talk about the gifts that come with those rests. So you talk about the gift of boundaries, the gift of reflection, um, the gift of freedom, the gift of acceptance, the gift of exchange, the gift of permission, um, the gift gift of sensation. And the gift of art, the gift of communication that goes on. But I just love how we could look at these things and realize that this is something that God set up for us. And, um, you know, you talk about you have scriptures in here and really give us a chance to say, okay, this is a gift. God gave me, whether it is looking at beauty, whether it's listening to music, whether it's, you know, talking to a friend and seeing her smile, um, all those things are truly gifts from God that we often don't take the time to appreciate, because we are so busy, just going on with our day to day pace.
1: Absolutely. The, The book, the way it's divided up, you know, part one, has a lot of the kind of what I call scientific self help type aspect to it. And, but I really wanted to make sure that I hit the spiritual aspect of it. And that's where the the part two, the gifts of rest comes in. That's where I really bring in kind of the deeper teaching of the spiritual aspects of rest, because I I feel like medicine has done people really a disservice. We've kind of attacked it as if we can just do the scientific and at least the spiritual if you want to use it. And so I I wanted to kind of marry the two to some degree but I wanted to leave it so that it was still kind of friendly to some of my atheist patients that I have that I know needed this book too. So I tell them, you know, read part part one. Yes, I talk about Jesus even in part one, but I talk about it from my own experience, not that I'm trying to, you know, convince you into anything, but part two, I'm telling you who Jesus is. So if you're not wanting to go there, then you can opt not to read that section. But you know, I wanted it to be able to get the information. What I'm finding is there's you know there's some people who desperately need to know how to rest well, and I don't know if they'd ever find God if, until they learn how to first um, to kind of re, to rest in Him. And so um, you're it's almost as if you're having to introduce Him to the introduce them to Him in a new way. And so that's what my hope is that that first part introduces Him as the God of rest so that they'll be willing to at least take a look at the second part and see what I have to say.
0: Yeah. And I think because you share it, like you mentioned, this is my story. You know, it's not like I, I know everything and this is what you need to do. But really, you were there. This is your story. And I think that's so much, you know, talk about walk it out. When we are going on our walk, even our challenges and how we learn to turn to God and seek Him for answers and seek Him for truth, that He's able to use that in our lives to impact other people, and that's exactly what you're done. You're like, I've been there. I was flat on the floor on my back. <laughs> you know, I, you know, and it's your story, so it's not threatening at all. It's you know, just like okay. I know that, you know, I could see now that you have found so much joy and peace and um, truth from this rest. So I want to hear more about that. So I love that you were able to share your story and um, share it in the book. Do you find when you're able to approach it that way that, you know, your patients are more open to hearing what you have to say?
1: They are. Most of my patients are fully aware of um, where I stand as far as my faith. But I get a large number of patients who come in, who um, come in almost confrontational. It's like I don't, and I just I actually addressed it in I think the spirituality chapter, where the patient comes in and says, "If you mention Jesus, I'm leaving." Mm -hmm. And I thought, "Wow, this is going to be (laughs) interesting." Yeah, this going to be interesting. Because I, mean, because I don't go around just preaching, you know, in the middle of my medical practice. So to have somebody start off a conversation as a new patient like that was kind of like, okay, obviously someone has told her, she's Googled me as some patients tell me, I've Googled you and I know that this is something that's important to you. So I find it interesting that they still come to the appointment, because what that tells me is, although they don't want me to try to change them, they are willing to listen to what I have to say.
0: Right, because they see they see the truth in your in your words and you know, your advice that you're going to give them. I mean, obviously, if they're coming, you know, they want your advice. They want they want help from you. (laughs) Yeah, that is so interesting, and I think, um, yeah, I just love that that they are still willing because they see something in you that they want. You know, they see something like I can receive help. Um, they prob- probably feel, even though they say, okay, don't mention Jesus, they they feel that hope that you can offer something to them. And and we, of course, we know as Christians as followers of Christ that that comes from Christ in you. Um, they just don't know that yet. <laughs>
1: exactly, and that's and I think that's the that's been my my biggest joy in this journey is that God has really just allowed me a chance to, to kind of get in front of people that I wouldn't normally get in front of, companies that will ask me in to go over rest with their employees. And, you know, I'm not in there preaching, but what ends up happening is they buy the book and then I get a, a call, you know, from a CEO that says, you know what, I, 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 I don't even care that you, <laughs> you know, that, that you're prominently discussing a Christian concept because I can see that it's improving my life. And and then they're sharing it with people who are not of the faith, because ultimately, the more truth we get out there, the truth wins. So the more truth you get out there, eventually God and the Holy Spirit will continue to woo those people to himself.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. Well, I just appreciate you being here. I already, like I said, I just started reading and I haven't gotten even that far, but I've already just gotten so much after you know, the first couple chapters, I'm like, okay, this is I need this, you know, and it's and as a mom of all these kids, I almost think like, okay, what is she going to tell me? Because, you know, I can't like, (laughs) send the kids away for a month. And I can't, you know, do all these things. But there is ways that we that we can find rest, even in our full lives. And I love it's that it's not always the ways that we naturally think of, you know, maybe brain dumping. It may be um, that social rest. It may be those FaceTime prayers. And I just love that for anyone, no matter um, what's going on in their lives, there is going to be something that they can take away from that. And I just appreciate that you put so much into it. And it's very clear. Um, just talking with you and just what I've read so far that, you know, you, you have truth in this, in these pages.
1: Well, that's what I hope is that people see that it's not as complicated as we make it out to be. You know, most of us start thinking, and I talk about this as far as, um, you know, rest solutions that don't work, vacations, all these things that we think we have to have, you know, four four day sabbaticals in the woods somewhere, all of that's not necessary to get to the level of rest where we feel energized and restored. And, you know, we are able to do all those things that we need to do and do it with energy and passion. It doesn't require all of that. There's tiny tweaks on every life that can be made that will help you feel more restful. And those small changes often have huge results and benefits.
0: I love that. Okay. The book again is Sacred Rest um, and it's by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Be sure to check it out. Now, Sandra,
1: where can they find you if they want to look more online? Uh, my website is I choose my best life.com. And they can learn about me check out the free resources. There's all kind of free resources. There's a U um, version sacred rest plan that they can do just to get a sample of kind of what's in the book as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I love doing those little U version. And for those who aren't familiar, U version is a Bible app that you
0: can download on your phone, whether you have a droid or an iPhone. And um, you could read scripture on there. But they also have these little daily reading challenges that you could sign up for. And I, I'm glad to know that sacred rest is out there. It is. And again, again, uh, RestQuiz.com would also be another place that they can look and do that assessment. Absolutely. I think that's beneficial just to get a good idea where to begin. Well, thank you so much um, for being here. And I know I'm just encouraged. I feel like rested just after our conversation that there, there's hope we can there's things that I can work on There's little tweaks like you said
1: there's absolutely hope thanks so much Trisha for having me on thank you have a great week you too
0: okay friends I think you could tell by my reaction how truly blessed I was by this interview also I went to do the rest test and the results weren't too surprising Remember, we have 10 people in our home and it's always loud and busy around here. So what do you think the places are where I need rest? Um, Let me tell you. First, (laughs) physical rest that showed up. Yes, I'm recording six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Also, mental rest. I think just all the time. Uh, There's always someone talking to me, asking questions, making noise. Wanting to play a game, which I love. I mean, I love it all. But yeah, mental rest was another big one. And creative rest, because really, I don't take time, um, because I'm always doing laundry or cooking or homeschooling, to just go sit in nature and just awe in God and what he's done and use that creative energy from what God's created and just God's presence in this world to inspire my work. Um, I don't take enough time for that so that's really given me some ideas of how to find more rest so also basically it's saying that someone needs to send me away to a wonderful bed and breakfast with lots of pretty gardens where i can sleep think and write yeah so if any of you want to do that i'm all game for that that is not a bad idea at all but since i know that won't be happening anytime soon I'm going to go back and prayerfully read through the chapters in Sacred Rests Again, go through the book again. I started reading it, but I just cannot wait to dig in more. And I will try to find ways to get the rest that I need right in the middle of my busy life. And after talking to Dr. Saunder, I really do think that is possible. I also encourage you to take the rest test and to get the book and figure out how you can do the same. Again, the link to that test will be in the show notes so you can... Click on it and you might be surprised or might not be um, by the results, but I know it'll be a help and encouragement to you. Now, today's Walk It Out verse is Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I just love this verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that's Jesus talking there. And no matter what's happening in each of our lives, we all need rest for our souls. And I think also what I love about this verse, it talks about take my yoke upon me. um, We still have a yoke. Like we still have purpose in our life. God has things for us to do. But Jesus wants to be right there, right alongside. And yes, we still have the, pa- the plan, the path, the work to do. But so many times we are adding all these other yokes, all these other burdens, and we can become completely overwhelmed. And so really, and I talk about this in Walk It Out in chapter three on white space, creating white space, there's so many things that we think we have to be doing that really God has never asked us to do. Um, In my life, it was signing my kids up for all these activities. It was volunteering in church in areas I really wasn't gifted in. Or areas that I really, in my season of life with the little kids at home, I really didn't have the capacity for. But I didn't want to tell someone no. I I felt guilty. Um, And so, as I talk about in the white space chapter, anytime that we are saying yes to something because we feel guilty. Or because we feel that that's something that a good mom should be doing. Or we don't want our kids to miss an opportunity even though we really can't fit it into our schedule those are all things that we need to cut and we need to create white space and once we create white space the path that Jesus asks us to go on that he's walking right there by our side it says that he will give us rest i'll read that again come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle And humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls and even though I do have a busy life I do have rest in my soul knowing that I am exactly where Jesus wants me and even though it's loud and noisy at times um, I could just see him daily through conversations I have with the kids through homeschooling them coming to me asking me to pray with them um, all these things God just brings me rest to my souls as I'm walking with him. Again, that's a Matthew eleven, twenty-eight. Now, today, friend, my prayer for you and my prayer for me is that we discover that too often we are piling too much on ourselves, things God never intended us for us to do. And instead of living an overwhelmed and exhausting life, I pray that each of us can turn to God in prayer and he will draw near and be with us step by step. I am so Thankful for that. As always, you can find out more information about being me on my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. You can also find me on any social media sites like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram on Trisha Goyer. And like I mentioned last week, I also have a new private Facebook group. Um, and it's called Calming Angry Kids, and it goes along with uh, my book that I wrote that'll be out in October and it really is just hope and encouragement for parents, tools for parents on how to help angry kids. There's usually so much hurt or something's going on inside our kids that makes them angry. So the book talks about that. And then the Facebook group, it's its hundreds of parents who are struggling with the same thing. I'm giving tips and advice. They're giving tips and advice for each other. Um, again, the link to that will be in the show notes. And you can find all the show notes on dot uh, walkitoutpodcast.com if you just go there or just go to com, and um, you'll see a link to the podcast but walkitoutpodcast.com is probably the best way and then you can click on it there and it'll take you to the show notes um, with Dr. Sandra and you can find more information about her, the book, about anything that we've talked about today and then also this new Facebook group which is uh, for Uh, parents or caregivers who are really struggling with angry kids. As always, friends, I'd really appreciate if you tell others about this podcast and encourage them to listen. Um, This is why we're doing it, because we want people to be encouraged and blessed and inspired like I was today. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by my book, Walk It Out, and the title is Walk It Out, The Radical Results of Living God's Word one step at a time. And really it's the book that I've been wanting to write for 20 years. Of course, God had a lot more to do with me and to do in me, uh, in the 20 years, but really it's my story of what he can do when we dare say yes to him and step out to do what the Bible says. And I'm so thankful for my publisher, David C. Cook, that just really believed in this book, really believed in my story and then also provided the means for me to do this podcast so I can bless you and encourage you and inspire you. Now David C. Cook is a nonprofit publisher that spreads God's word in over a hundred countries. So you should also check them out and check out some of the other books that they're doing. Finally friends, I just thank you for tuning in. I pray your week will be blessed. I pray that you will find rest. I pray that you will Just be united with Jesus and that you will turn to him even in the midst of a busy day and seek rest for your souls. Thank you so much, friends. Have a great week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.